Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is a podcast from The Bugle. The snow blows over the frozen dead. We look to the horizon where rises a sun. Or is it a sun? No, it is a podcast. Welcome to The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for visual world. This is The Gargle. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors today are Helen Zaltzman and Tiff Stevenson. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Hi. Thanks for letting us back. Well, before we plunge into this week's magazine, uh, we can have a look at the front cover. The front cover of the magazine this week is a wellness influencer you don't recognise who got famous for expressing strong opinions about epidemiology while also (laughs) having a butt. The headline reads, Butt out! Your favourite TikTok dancer just self-published a book. Other headlines on the front cover read, A tissue Lionel Messi allegedly used at his farewell Barcelona news conference has been listed for sale with a $1 million price tag, raising the question of what he did to that tissue. And vaccines, what's the cutest vax selfie angle the experts weigh in, as well as may every minor injury you get look at least as painful as it is. (laughs) The satirical cartoon is a young person who's just learned something new yelling at a stranger for not knowing that same thing. Fired up young people teaching others about stuff they're just learning about is the mood of the 2020s. Our top story this week is economic news. Uh, This is the story uh, where COVID anti-vaxxers are claiming that jizz will be the new Bitcoin. Uh, Helen, you're on top of tech. Can you explain this story to us? (laughs) Yes, I think uh, the important thing is that um, jizz producers are feeling very important right now you know back on top of the world <laughs> yeah i mean what true currency is there what can you rely on more than jizz <laughs> i wouldn't like to speculate their premise is that that uh, the vaccine will render you infertile and therefore that the jizz of unvaccinated men will become immensely valuable mm. and then i think they've just used bitcoin as a reference because it's a lot of it it makes them jizz <laughs> it's a lot of it it makes them jizz uh, it, it isn't actually worth anything, but uh, you could probably inflate a market on it on the strength of your boner. Yeah. The the uh, evidence they have for the vaccine making you infertile is a scientific study saying it doesn't make you infertile and research showing that COVID can make you infertile. <laughs> so it's going great. <laughs> These are the kind of economists we need to be uh, listening to. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. Can you imagine being the person who like... Like I poured all my money into the jizz bubble before it burst. <laughs> oh. 
I don't want to go into the jizz bubble. <laughs> Speculate to jizzulate. Uh, Capital jism. <laughs> I love the fact that this uh, this new cryptocurrency, like a new version of cryptocurrency, is just the sounds of delighted teenage boys everywhere. Leave me alone. I'm wanking my way to millions. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is the dream, right? Isn't it the dream that your jizz is suddenly worth millions? It's not my dream. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I do have some terrifying dreams, but I've never had this one. I'm sorry. I'm too used to reading books in which the protagonist is a young man uh, and I just project myself into their shoes at all times. Uh, Tiff? Well, here's the thing. Um, so as Helen mentioned, they were saying that COVID-19 could result in erectile dysfunction and male infertility. So... Samples have been found in testicle and penile tissues and the virus can show up in semen. So it's good to know that ladies have an official excuse not to swallow. <laughs> if you dare to go into the Reddit threads on this, it's quite terrifying. There was someone who, who claimed they were going to retire as a cum cow. And um, someone else who said, mark my words, unvaccinated sperm and blood will be in high commodity in a few months to a year. Like, I like the sure. idea that on the stock market, there's frozen orange juice and frozen conspiracy theorist. <laughs> so you, you can have either or. Um, but apparently there's been people hyping it up. There was one tweet that said unvaccinated sperm counts could rise faster than Bitcoin. And this is a it looks like a sock puppet account, but it's got a picture of a woman on it. And then another account which said men who refuse the vaccine are the hottest men on the planet. And I'm like, well, yeah, they will be the hottest because of the covid fever and that. Um, they're, they're definitely technically temperatures will be raised. Well, I, I just enjoy the use of the phrase "mark my words." I feel like that's an <laughs> underutilized phrase. Do you think this is all a cunning ruse planted by pro-vaxxers to keep people who haven't been vaccinated? at home wanking constantly <laughs> wanking their way to wealth you know what i don't think they need the incentive helen <laughs> it just seems like a great outcome really your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy is your lawn drab predictable just growing without intense effort on your part come on down to linda's lawn supplies warehouse for all the latest delicate blades with complex needs, fertilisers that will need antidotes, and surprisingly high-tech mowers, Linda's Lawn Supplies Warehouse. Grass. We make it more complicated than you think. <laughs> and if you have no room for a lawn, try a tiny terrarium, a small biodome of resilient decorative plants which need little maintenance. Then rip those up and install tiny grass, a tiny sprinkler system, and an under-terrarium tank containing up to half a glass of water. Linda's Lawn Supplies Warehouse. Pop-up store. 
art section now and uh, this is the story of a Qatari sheikh who lost a legal battle recently over 5.2 million dollars worth of fake ancient artifacts. Tiff Stevenson, you talk about fake stuff all the time. What's happening here? <laughs> well, the Swiss dealer has disputed this claim that a 2,000-year-old bust of Alexander the Great was worthless. I'm not sure what they're saying is fake here. Like, how are they fake? Is it the age that's faked or is it not Alexander the Great? You know what you've done there, mate? <laughs> you've gone and purchased an Alexander the Mediocre. So <laughs> you've stuffed yourself right up. So apparently this sheikh has lost 5.2 million over over these various pieces. I think there was also one that they paid 2.2 million for, a statuette of the Greek goddess of victory, Nike or Nike, depending on whether you're in America or England. <laughs> what about if you're in ancient Greece? <laughs> Just do it. But they, they haven't commented on any of the other Greek statues. Amaze, which is the Greek god of leaving your parcel in a bin two doors down. Uh, Chlamydia, the Greek goddess of one night stands, and Athena, the Greek goddess of topless men cradling babies. So, uh, yeah, so this man's angry. It sounds like a, a bunch of people with too much money arguing with a bunch of people with too much money and then paying some lawyers to argue about it for too much money. Well, if you've got as much money as he has, then what else are you going to do with it? <laughs> I don't like feeling sorry for the rich, so... I shan't be, uh, but I also saw that he was suing a gallery for selling him £300,000 worth of fake, not ancient mosaics. So there's a pattern here. Is he not learning? Yeah, I mean, this is like blaming all of your exes. At some point, you've got to realise that the, the thing you all have in common is you, and maybe you just don't have the eye for art that you think you have. Well, just go for modern art since you're buying it anyway. Look, if a Qatari billionaire walked into my gas station and picked up a bottle of milk and said, ah, I'll pay $2.5 billion for this priceless artifact, I would smile and nod and write a certificate of provenance. So I can't really blame these people for scamming him. <laughs> That's all the time we have for our art section now. Moving on to our sub-art section, our reviews section. Every week our guest editors bring in something to review out of five stars. Helen, what have you brought in this week? Alice, I have brought the concept of online shopping for glow-in-the-dark, googly eyes, uh, <laughs> self-adhesive ones, because <laughs> even if you don't buy them, it means suddenly all of the online ads you're getting are for self-adhesive, glow-in-the-dark, googly eyes, <laughs> which is a result. I, I mean, I'm not to, like ruin the mystery but could you expand on the backstory of this glow in the dark googly eyes mission of yours well or is, is, is it confidential uh, all, <laughs> you know sometimes you just move to glory one day you're like <laughs> i can achieve this i was uh, searching for glow in the dark sequins for some stage wear i need to make and um the site also sold glow in the dark googly eyes and i thought well let's uh, let's have a look at those even though i don't need them so i can't count them as a legit business expense although maybe now I could because I've been on your <laughs> podcast talking about them so I could buy some and glow in the dark googly eyes are now all over the internet for me which is an incredible result for online advertising I think if we must live with it then why not for this I suppose I you mean, could go that step further and buy some and then stick them on everything and that would also be great like a uh, internet but all around your house I like the idea of the dress that you wanted to make out of glow-in-the-dark sequins now just being glow-in-the-dark googly eyes. Mm, maybe I should do that, just pretend to be a lot of night creatures hiding in uh, small divots <laughs> in the ground. How many out of five? Five. Five, five out googly of five. eyes out of five. 
Excellent. And Tiff, what have you brought in to us to review? I'm doing a review of Adam Levine's tattoos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, how, where, when, and again, why? So I'd like to state firstly, I like people and really appreciate people who do full body art. Art being the operative word here, because I've had a, I've got a few friends who have amazing tattoos, but I dislike Adam Levine and the adult colouring book for mindfulness he has tattooed across his torso. Uh, <laughs> his tats, much like his personality, have no colour whatsoever. So f- f- first Dang. up, he has an <laughs> eagle across his abs, signifying that if you are a woman, he will hunt you down and shit on you from a great height. Uh, on his left forearm, the eye of the tiger, if the tiger had conjunctivitis, Across his stomach is the word California, so we know where to return him if he gets lost. Uh, Around his neck is a Belcher-style necklace, which, you know, I suppose is jewellery he doesn't have to take off in the pool. That could be quite a smart one. Uh, Elsewhere, a female centaur stares down a lion, presumably a metaphor for that time he totally showed Colin Kaepernick, who was boss, by performing at the halftime show at the Super Bowl after various black artists turned it down that year. Uh, next up, a paint-by-numbers butterfly, age range two to five years. Uh, that's on the on the left-hand side of his torso. Also on his torso, Noah Levine, his middle and last name, is becoming worryingly memento at this point. Uh, he also has the word tapas in Sanskrit on his chest, uh, presumably the, yoke, the, the yogic definition rather than what he likes to eat when he's out on the lash. And finally, on his back, there is a mermaid cradling a skull, And this is probably a nod to the time Jennifer Love Hewitt made a throwaway comment on Ellen that that she was single and she heard Adam Levine was single and he was cute. And for that, he called her aggressive. (laughs) The audacity. Doesn't doesn't she know he only dates Victoria's Secret models? Uh, By the way, do you want to know their secret? They wear blindfolds in bed with him. Not for kink, but so they don't have to look at those f***ing tattoos. How many stars, Tiff? One. One star. Have you seen Ed Sheeran's tattoos? Oh. If you're looking for tattoos with colour, <laughs> he's got a very colouring book looking lion all across his front. It's a fine line, isn't it? Because I've, like it I is say, a fine lion. <laughs> a fine line. I've seen amazing tattoos and then I've seen just some truly horrific stuff. So it really isn't the skill of the tattoo artist and the taste of the, the person. Like, and I think when Adam Levine's been interviewed, he's got like no stories behind any of them. He was like, I was in Japan and I was bored. So there you go. That's all the time we have for our reviews section because now it's time for our animal section. Animal section now. Uh, and this is Pause for Conservation, uh, spelled P-A-W-S because conservationists love a pun, uh, have, have an ecological dog squad which is trained to sniff out rare species and uh, not eat them, presumably. Look, I think this is a beautiful story. Do you believe in, in dogs saving the world, Helen? Do I believe in them? I mean, what what could be better to believe in? I don't know if they want to save it, but I find them such optimistic creatures that maybe they can see a way to do it that humans can't. Well, so the, the problem that they're solving is that before planning permission can be given for building work or wind farms to ruin the environment, surveys need to be carried out for to check for endangered species. And the quickest mm. way... Uh, to, to to fill out a survey apparently is with the help of a dog. Um, Tiff Stevenson, would you fill out the self- <laughs> census with the help of a trained dog? Well, there are pigs who can sniff out truffles, uh, dogs who can apparently sniff out newts, and I, I can sniff out men with commitment issues. So together we could be a great <laughs> crime-fighting team. 
Um, not personally for me, just for friends. I'm really good at spotting bad guys. But uh, apparently it's usually ecologists who determine the presence of endangered species. And this is a company called, uh, what are they called? Pet. Cause for conservation. Ah, lovely. Beautiful. Love the pun. So they were saying that now they're using dogs. And it's just, it's another case of animals coming over here, taking our jobs. First it was pigeons with the male. Now it's this. And it's apparently Max, an eight-year-old English Springer Spaniel, is one of four dogs used used by the uh, charity. I think they're a charity. So there we have it. Eight in dog years is 40, 48. This is a 48-year-old white male getting shoehorned into a job all the press and accolades. And you say meritocracy, maybe he's the best dog for the job. I say he has hay fever and has to wear goggles. According to this story, he's not the best dog for the job. He's got to wear goggles because he has hay fever. This stinks, guys. I just, I think we should reckon, like his owner runs the company. I think we should recognise nepotism where we see it. And I think we should call it out. Although, to be fair, you say he's taking our jobs, but I would not know how to sniff out pangolin scales or ivory (laughs) or pine martin scat, which is apparently another thing that he can do. I sort of worry about his sort of mental well-being because it must be a very frustrating job to smell out delicious rare species and then not be allowed to eat them. Well, the website mentions that uh, they have located well over 100 bat and bird carcasses in varying stages of decomposition. So maybe they're not super appetising anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. We don't know the tastes of this dog. A little ripe. Can I mention, though, I do like it when, when animals have what we perceive to be sort of human conditions, like a dog with hay fever is just quite funny. I wonder if there's a toad out there who's gluten intolerant or a water vole with premenstrual dysphoria. I'm just going through my checklist of things because I have all of those. What is the crisis of the water vole with premenstrual dysphoria? What, what does a water vole say to itself in those tricky three days before? I don't want to get in my swimming cozy <laughs> three days before experience do. I just feel too fat to go in the water. That's how mine, you know, I feel very bleak. I'm just going to sit in some reeds and everyone can leave me alone. In other animal news now, there are mystery sea snakes washing up on the shore of New Zealand. Helen Zaltzman, Hmm. what is happening here? Well, it seems like a bit of a surprise to New Zealand, not the snakiest country. And uh, now these uh, very incredible looking yellow and black sea snakes have been uh, turning up on the beaches. And um, they're apparently pretty poisonous, but uh, the poisonous teeth are right at the back so they really have to get like a good chew on you to cause a problem but it's a maybe it's a warming water climate change uh, bit of snaky biz it could be the beginning of the story reads a little bit like an enid blyton novel in that an 11 year old local boy found a black and yellow sea snake on the beach and he put it in a bag took it to the shop asked for a box put it in a bucket and took it home Uh, whereupon it died, presumably from being in too many different containers. The quote that I enjoyed particularly was this boy told the New Zealand Herald, I didn't know what to do with it. I chopped its head off, put it in a bag and threw it out. Which... Um, That's a very dark turn. That's so funny, Alice, because I literally... I've written down here, it sounds like an Enid Blyton kids book. <laughs> like, Because it really does. It says, it calls him a, a steely local boy. Yes. Like it does sound like the beginning of a children's book. The dark turn there is like, why? It was already dead. So why did he lob its head off? And does he need to go on a watch list? Yeah. I don't know. It could be like taking the batteries out of your appliances before you throw them out. I don't know. 
What's the protocol for disposing of sea snakes? Maybe he thought that's the fangy part, but then he could have just put like a little cork on the fangs, keep everyone safe. Yeah. What's creating some consternation in the Department of Conservation because the New Zealanders are so unfamiliar with snakes. All of their animals are variations on birds uh, so that people don't recognise that these things are snakes that they're washing up on the shores or they don't think they're poisonous and there's no anti-venom for this particular snake in the whole of New Zealand. Uh, so How some... do you not recognise these as snakes? They look exactly like snakes. <laughs> well, they were saying that people misidentify them as native eels. And I just thought it's a good job they're not here then. Otherwise, we'd chop them up and shove them in lube to serve at Cockney parties. <laughs> and poison would make it just more of a challenge for members of my family, like a hot curry. Like it then becomes like, we're going to make this competitive. You want to get yourself some of that yellow belly jelly deal, mate. If you reckon you can handle it, me old mucker. We'd just be <laughs> eating it. We'd be trying to eat it. So... You know, we're predators to the eels, the cockneys. It would be a local delicacy. I think the most New Zealand story, other than the kid who found one, wrapped it round his neck and took it to school, is the story <laughs> of some... Again, I say, what is up with the children of New Zealand? <laughs> well, I feel like all children in New Zealand do live in an Enid Blyton uh, novel. But uh, this other person commenting said that she caught a, a snake while fishing and recognised that it was a snake and uh, did the, and this is a quote, the old f*** that and cut our line hook and see ya, which I feel is storytelling at its finest. <laughs> well, that seems like a re- reasonable way to respond, which is leave it the hell alone, let it carry on with its life, rather than sticking it in a, in a bucket and, and lopping its head off or wearing it round your neck as like a bad Adam Levine tattoo. Apparently it's an offence to kill one. So don't do that. It is an offence to kill one. That that 11-year-old boy is going away for a long time. He's going to have some mm. adventures in jail. They were kind of saying it's very, very rare that they would attack yes. anyone, like Helen says. you know. So, um, But I do like yellow-bellied sea snake as a kiwi insult. I think that really works. They're highly venomous, but they're non-aggressive, like me. That's how I like to consider myself. <laughs> Until you put Alice in a bucket and then watch out. <laughs> yeah. Just don't transfer me from a bucket to a box because then I'm done for. (laughs) Can I wear you round my neck to school though? (laughs) That's all the time we have for our animal section because now it's time for our automotive section. As you know, we're car crazy over here at the Gargle and this is the news (laughs) of 765,000 Tesla vehicles that have autopilot problems. And specifically the autopilot problem of of crashing into parked emergency vehicles, which I think is probably the one thing that you don't want a car to do. Helen Zaltzman, I know Mm. you love cars. Oh, love the Broom Brooms. The Fast and the Furious 9 is your favourite movie. So can you tell us more about this story? Yeah, well, uh, it turns out that um, when people have a self-driving car, they don't want to have to pay attention all the time so that it doesn't crash into things. And uh, apparently it crashes into things. So instead of just sitting there or sleeping there or being drunk there, you have to stop it crashing into stuff, which is not what you're paying all that Tesla money for. (laughs) Yes, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is doing a probe into these vehicles. Until now, they've held back because they wanted to encourage innovation in the industry, which is America's favourite thing to do, is to uh, not stop people getting killed because they hope that technology will get better. I think that's the the trade-off that they tend to make. Tiff, would you buy one of these self-driving cars? 
Well, my new car has a an auto park and it it actually freaks me out. Like I I did it yesterday when I was with my dad and he just couldn't fathom. He's octogenarian now. He could not <laughs> fathom. He was like, what is happening? Your hands on on the wheel and the wheels, it was just sort of turning and parking itself. It does feel weird to let the car take control of itself. It's sort of like my cat walking into the kitchen on his hind legs and helping himself to biscuits. Yeah. They're sentient now, though, cars. <laughs> and uh, this is just the start of it. They can park themselves and then soon they'll overthrow you. Yeah. Mine does, like, when it's running out of petrol, it'll say limited range, which I take as an insult on my acting abilities. <laughs> and it says, don't let the system distract you, which does sound like a great uh, Rage Against the Machine song. But uh, I, I, here's my thing. I, Of course, Elon Musk developed a car with automated control so he could feel like he had a friend. Like, you know, this is how the Knight Rider kit was invented, you know, like, I've got no friends, I need to chat to my car. And uh, and I've had this theory for a long time that geeks should remain friendless and dateless so they can keep coming up with cool stuff. We don't want them being happy. Honestly, every time a programmer is happy, we lose a really cool iPhone app. So if we just keep them isolated and unhappy, we'll get all these great innovations but we should be resisting at every, you know, and I've, I've lent into this myself. I'm engaged to a geek. I shouldn't have done it because who knows what I've robbed the world of. Making him happy and complacent in his daily life, he could have been inventing something magnificent. This is a tantric model of technology, Tiff. <laughs> Tesla have uh, disbanded their media relations office, so presumably they're going to automate that as well. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty amazing. Look, I think I think a self-driving car is is a great idea, um, but that's mainly because I've driven in some cars with some very bad drivers, and I, I don't see how a robot could be worse than that. What about an automated backseat driver, like a version of my mum who will go, "You should have gone the back way there. <laughs> you should have. I would have gone down the A3, but you've you've gone this way now." Like my, that's my mum's favourite thing to do is, as I'm en route, say that I should have gone the other way, and it would have been quicker. Which neither of us have any like evidence or proof that it would have and it's the most annoying thing to listen to is it more like sitting in the top front seat of a bus and pretending you're driving <laughs> that is my favorite hobby that's the best my grandmother was such a bad driver my jewish my jewish holocaust surviving grandmother she didn't learn to drive until quite late in life and she would break hard when she had a thought <laughs> <laughs> so i actually have no fear of death in cars I've had my survival instinct beaten out of me by one time uh, she wanted to go in a direction but there was uh, traffic works and she didn't want to stop so she just drove through the yellow cones into a hole. I like gung-ho granny. Gung-ho granny's great. <laughs> I think that's all the time we have for today. That's the end of our show. We're flipping through the ads at the end. Uh, there's an ad for pencils pencils like a pen but you can rub it out (laughs) Helen have you got anything to plug well I do have a thousand uh, pencils that I need to sell which emerge from my podcast The Illusionist so come for the pencils stay for the podcast at theillusionist.org excellent and Tiff have you got anything to plug I do have some shows to plug uh, The Return of Old Rope uh, September the 6th so check out the Twitter account Old Rope Comedy and also Leeds and Reading Festival um, if you're at either of those I'm going to be at that which I think is like the 27th and the 29th of August Excellent and thank you to our roving reporter Pablo Estevez for sending in the Sea Snake story, if you have a story that you'd like to send in, send it to us on Twitter at Hello Garglas. 
This is a Bugle Podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. The executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'm Alice Fraser. Find me online at, at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E or patreon.com slash Alice Fraser to support my work or join my weekly tea with Alice salons or get a lot of free stuff. See you next week. Bye. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com